Hello and welcome back to the Broken Orbital MMA podcast. My name is Jack. I'm your host. Uh, and yeah, finally, back. I sat down to record this last week. Well, I did record this last week, um, the, the preview show. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that there's actually a video now. So I recorded the video um, and I exported the file completely wrong and it was corrupted um, and it was irretrievable, basically, and I, I couldn't edit it. So my bad, I messed up, um, but I've learned now. So unfortunately, I couldn't get the preview out in time. However, I mean, we're back now, finally. Um, I had other things studies-wise to focus on, but by the end of the academic year comes the chance for me to you know, put everything into this, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to be consistent with this, I promise. Uh, I'm going to get two of these out every single week, at least with those UFC cards. We're talking about other um, events as well. We've got PFL coming up. Um, is that this? That might be this weekend, so I'm going to get that out if that's the case. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be talking about all these events. Uh, if you like what you see, then follow the socials. They're on screen. Um, you can see them in the bio as well, wherever you're, you're listening on this. Of course, you can catch us on YouTube now with video. You can catch it on any of your favourite podcast streaming sites. However, um, I just want to get right into it. So UFC 275. Um, yeah, this card kind of delivered. <laughs> Big time. I mean, it was good on paper, right? I, I think it was a little top heavy. You know, it wasn't star studded. There wasn't like one of these super deep pay-per-views where there's like ranked guys on the prelims and all that jazz. But it was a good card. We had two title fights. We had a rematch of, you know, the greatest fight. Excuse me, the greatest fight in women's MMA history. Arguably the greatest fight in MMA history, full stop. So those three fights I'm going to talk about the most. And then I'll kind of maybe skip over the prelims. Obviously, I'll, I'll you know, talk about some of the, the better performers, some of the big winners on the prelims um, and the other two fights in the main card. But let's start with the main event, Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prohaska, and what a fight that was. Uh, I think I think we all felt that it was probably going to be a little chaotic because I don't think Yuri Prohaska, a fight with Yuri Prohaska can't bring anything else, but I did not expect this fight to go the way that it did in many ways. And, and the main factor for me is the fact that we were 28 seconds away from needing the judges. I did not think the judges were going to be needed in this fight. I honestly felt this was going to be done and won, maybe midway through the second at most. No way in hell did I think this was going to go to the championship rounds, uh, but it did. You know, there were a lot of questions about Glover to share his chin coming into this one, and his chin held up big time. Uh, at the end of the day, it was just fatigue more than anything, and like there was, a, again, some questions about Yuri Prohashka's fatigue and his endurance, um, you know, his grit, his determination, his heart, really. I think a lot of people, were, or some people were questioning that. Um, I, I wasn't really, because I, if you've ever seen that Vadim Nemkov fight, who obviously, he's one of the best light heavyweights on the planet right now. Um, okay, granted, it was a little bit earlier in Nemkov's career, but Nemkov fought him in a GP MMA environment, 10 minute round in Pride. And Nemkov, in my opinion, he won that round. But he didn't get off the stool for the second. He didn't answer the call because he was just that fatigued. Whereas Prohashka, he was ready and raring to go. So I wasn't questioning his endurance. And um, his heart came through. Both of these guys' hearts came through. 
I mean, just an absolute brawl. What probably the fight of the year so far. I think Gika Chikadze and Calvin Cater's up there. I think Brandon Reno and Figueredo, uh, number three, is up there. But my goodness, like this main event delivered. It was fantastic. Glover early on gets the takedown. He got the single leg, which I wasn't surprised at. That's exactly how I thought the fight was going. I thought Glover was going to get the single leg, get in full mount, and Yuri would give up his back and he would choke him out within the first round. That's genuinely how I thought the fight was going to go. And Yuri done such a good job, I think, of the because he took a lot of damage as well, by the way. Glover landed big shots on the mat. Um, and Yuri's done such a good job of just staying in the fight. You know, he's done such a good job of not giving up his back. Like, I mean, one of the biggest things I was thinking about kind of going into this one was, you know, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, uh, Jan Blachowicz, all black belts, all guys with so much experience at the top of the game, all guys who have fought for, and even in Jan's case, won world titles. You know, these guys are very, very good on the ground. And Glover Teixeira, absolutely wiped the floor with him. That's how good he is. And I was kind of emphasizing that to a lot of people during fight week. That I know everybody respects Glover's ground game, but I think you might not understand just how good it is. Um, and we've seen just how good it can be. But Yuri Prashka done such a good job of defending it, I think, um, for large parts of this fight. And he landed, obviously, the big shots of his own. And at times, he got on top too. You know, I think Glover won the first rounds um, very convincingly. You know, convincingly enough, he done so much damage on top. Yuri, again, at some points, I don't know how Yuri kind of got out of this. I think maybe Glover was being too patient, perhaps, trying to trying to find submissions. I think that's just kind of his game, though. I don't think he rushes things. He's That's how he's got so far. Um, he's, you know, sustained beatdowns of these fighters. Um, couldn't really find the submission. And then Yuri kind of, you know, he, he rolls back, doesn't he? He hits back, um, you know, does some good work. Glover... I think at points in the fight, you maybe think Glover started to tire a little bit. And then, you know, as we go into the third, uh, go into the fourth round, catches a second wind. Uh, and again, almost finishes the fight. The fourth round was incredible because Glover, um, you know, starts off really strongly, almost finishes the fight. And then the, the tide completely changes and Yuri almost gets it. I, I don't know how you score that one. One of my favorite rounds in recent memory. Um, and then that fifth round, I mean, we looked at, if you've seen the picture of the scorecards, it could have ended in a split draw, but there was a very good chance Glover Teixeira was going to win the, the the title had that just gone 28 more seconds. And Glover probably landed the biggest shot of the fight as well. In that fifth round, like, we came out right at the beginning, landed a big right hand, had Prohash Gahart and made the mistake of jumping the ghillie and ended up with Prohashka on top of him. But, you know, again... Manages to reverse the position, um, does some good work, and then, you know, the last at the end of the fight, Prohashka once again reverses him and manages to, you know, he taps Glover with a really weak. To be fair, it was a really weak uh, rear naked choke. He didn't have the hooks in. It was just fatigue more than anything on the part of Glover Teixeira. And fair play to Yuri Prohashka for outlasting him. Fair play to both these guys. Um, they just gave their absolute all. And it's so hard for me to sit here and, and analyze a fight like that because it's just chaos and it's just mayhem. Uh, but these are the nights that you live for. Fights like this, this is why we sit up till five in the morning, you know where I'm from, this part of the world. Uh, this, this, this main event didn't get started until about half five, six, I think. 
this is why we stay up this late. <laughs> These sleepless nights are for that. Um, I was chuffed with it. What a result. And uh, yeah, we've got a new champion. I was a little gutted for Glover. But as he said at the end, you know, he's uh, he's coming back. He's not going to give up. So looks like we've not seen the last of Glover's share yet. But uh, yeah, f- what a fight. Just I've, It's difficult for me to sit here and be technical about it. I think in terms of, of next opponents, um, it does look like it's going to be Jan Blachowicz for Yuri Prohashka. And to be honest with you, I mean, I think for me, I'd rather see the winner of, of Anthony Smith and Magomed Ankalaev. But it looks like it's going to be Blachowicz. So I'm going to say that for uh, for Yuri Prohashka, they do Jan Blachowicz. And to be honest with you, that's the fight a fight they could be doing in Europe. You know, um, I'm not entirely sure whether they would but it's it's an international fight isn't it maybe they do it in neutral grounds I know they were talking about maybe going to Germany uh, perhaps you have that you know Central Europe the, the battle for I guess is, is Poland Central Europe it kind of is Poland's quite big so I guess it can kind of class itself as Central and Eastern Europe um, battle for Central Europe why not I mean that would be a good fight to have there um, but yeah that's that's the one they should do there and I think for for Glover Teixeira um, it's a difficult one for him because again, how how long, you know, is he going to stick around for? He is forty two. Um, I think for him next, maybe you do the winner Anthony Smith and Magomed Ankalaev, but I'd actually like to see the winner of Volkan Özdemir and Paul Craig, particularly Paul Craig if he can win uh, that fight. I would love to see Paul Craig and Glover Teixeira. Uh, I think he's the guy with the momentum in that one. So if Paul Craig emerges victorious uh, next month uh, in London, I think those two would be a very good matchup. Have that in Glasgow. That's the fight to make at Dana, at, um, <laughs> at McMahon or at Sean Shelby, at Hunter Campbell. Do that in Glasgow. Right then, co-main event. And this one started up a little bit of controversy, but Valentina Shevchenko retains her flyweight title. She defeats Tyler Santos via split decision. And without a shadow of doubt, the, the most difficult fight for Valentina Shevchenko since that move to flyweight. Without a doubt, Jennifer Maya gave her a good round. I think it was the second round when she just kind of held her against the against the fence. And maybe we did see that, you know, if you can, you know, if, if you've got a bit of strength about you, perhaps you can use that to your advantage against Valentina Shevchenko. And that's exactly what Tyler Santos did in this fight. Um, you know, she spoke quite a lot in the, in the lead up to this about um, grappling with Valentina. And I thought that she was trying to throw her off the scent. I thought that Tyler Santos was going to see all this and then come out swinging. I felt like her biggest um, advantage here was the power. I think that was her X factor. Um, she's a legitimate, powerful girl. Um, I think her grappling's good, but I, I honestly didn't expect it to really trouble Valentina too much. If anything, I thought Valentina was going to grapple her, and that kind of was our game plan, at least for the first few rounds, and it backfired, if we're being honest. Um, you know... That was the thing that kind of surprised me, really. It was the fact that, yeah, Tyler decided to go with a grapple-heavy game plan. Um, and then that Valentina also, after the first couple of rounds, still going into the third round, decided to stick with her, her own, which was a bit weird too, in my opinion. But um, yeah, as I said, I thought Tyler was going to be the most difficult opponent yet because of that, that power. I felt like she was probably going to come out and hit her with some big shots and maybe have a moment or two when she lands a cracks her with a big right hand and maybe we're thinking, mm, you know, Valentina felt that. And then as the fight progressed, she would slow down and Valentina would take over. And I think Tyler Santos did slow down as the fight went on, but it's a valiant effort. I don't want to take too much away from her. Um, but yeah, as I said, it did cause a little bit of controversy. 
uh, with the scoring, of course, a split decision. They're always going to be. I've seen a lot of people who felt like, in their opinion, Tyler Santos done enough to win the fight. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't see it myself. I think Valentina was a rightful winner. And I know it was the rounds were close, but I think it was relatively easy to score. I think round one was definitely for Tyler Santos. I think round three was definitely for Tyler Santos. Um, you know, she was attacking with good submissions. Uh, you know, obviously was in for dominant positions for large portions of the fight. And I think the latter rounds, Shevchenko really kind of took over. Uh, you know, the fourth round in particular, I think she really you know, got going with her striking. She kind of abandoned the grapple, the grappling game plan that wasn't working too well. And then in the fifth round, not too much happened, but Valentina did end up on top for large portions of the fight. She, you know, done more. She didn't do a lot in the round, but she done more. Uh, and I guess the kind of round that, that's that's going to sway it for, for people is round two. And a lot of people I'm actually seeing more than, than not um, have scored the fight. For, for Tyler Santos to score that round for Tyler Santos. And I just don't see it personally. I, I don't understand really where people are, are getting this from, to be honest. Like it was it was close, I guess. You know, I don't think much happened on the feet. And obviously Tyler spent a lot of time in that second round in a dominant position on the ground, but she did nothing with it for me. Like she didn't did she even try and advance once? I don't think she did. You know, she wasn't landing anything from the top position. She wasn't threatening any submissions in this round. Um you know, she only really seemed to threaten submissions when she had Valentina's back, when she had the back position. But, you know, when she was sitting in her guards, she wasn't threatening at all. You know, t- to the point where Jason Herzog even stood her up, you know, which was a very good call, in my opinion, the, the correct call from Jason Herzog. I think that was a very good referee. And, you know, he's my favorite ref for a reason. Um, and it was actually that Valentina was doing a lot of work off bottom. You know, she was the one throwing up elbows. She was the one that was at least trying to throw up submissions. And that's what scores, you know, so... I guess it wasn't like a runaway round for Valentina. I, I can kind of see where people are, are you know, getting the idea that, that, that Tyler Santos won maybe, but it's not for me. I absolutely think Valentina Shevchenko um, won that round and, and won the fight as close as it was. You know, you feel a little bit bad for Tyler, but, um, you know, there's, there's no margin for error. Um, and that eye as well. Obviously, it's so, so, so annoying when... You know, that kind of injury which is impeding a fighter really badly, especially considering the fact that it was caused by a, a clash of heads of all things. Like, to be honest, that should have been a fight ender for me. I was very surprised that Herzog hadn't called in the doctor. Um, I think he did it eventually at going into the fourth round, I think it was. It was either the fourth or the fifth. I think it was the fourth. Um, but I was surprised throughout the third he never called in the doctor because that eye was swollen shut. She could not see out that eye and... I thought the doctor really, to be honest with you, done a poor job. He just kind of went and asked Tyler, you know, can you see, I, I assume, uh, is what, what he asked her. And she just went, yeah, I assume. <laughs> and uh, he walked off. He was happy. He didn't test her. But I don't know. Obviously, she wasn't going to, you know, she wasn't going to look for a way out of that fight at all. Um, but I definitely think that fight, if we're being honest, as much as we, you know, none of us want to see it end like that, if we're being fair, and honest, and, you know, we're being realistic, that fight should have been stopped because Tyler Santos had one eye for those last two rounds. So I've totally valiant effort from her. Um, but unfortunately, she comes up just short for her. And yeah, in terms of where these girls go next, there was a, a bit of talk about, you know, Valentina Shevchenko perhaps fighting the bantamweight champion, you know, the winner of the, the fight next month between Nunes and Pena. 
this might throw a spanner into the works if, if that is their grand plan because you know we have a genuine case here for a rematch an immediate rematch no listen I for one would probably do the Bantamweight title fight because for me as close a fight as it was I don't think Tyler Zantos has earned like an immediate rematch to be frank like I, I would not be super opposed to it but for me, a title challenger coming in and losing to the champion is not enough to warrant an immediate rematch. You know, and I think you've got that this crop of girls coming up now. Obviously, you know, Vantine is on the verge of lapping the top five at um at Flyweight. And I mean, she's beat them all, right? If you look at the the names in there, Lauren Murphy, Count Kagan, Jennifer Maya, um, Jessica Andrade, you know, they're the girls. I know Andrade has moved now, but they're the girls who um were in that top five. And she she beat them all. So there's a young crop of really exciting flyweights that I'm buzzing about. Casey O'Neill, of course, the Scozzi. We've got Erin uh, Blanchfield, who I'm really excited about. Miranda Maverick, Manon Fioro, Alexa Grasso. You've got Tyler Santos, who is definitely in that mix after this performance. You know, she's not going anywhere. She's in this exciting caliber of, of flyweights that are upcoming. And, you know, there, there's more names as well. Macy Barber, Maria Agapova. So, like, I think there's a new crop, a new, new wave coming at, at flyweight. If you're going to do the Valentina Shevchenko double champ fight, I think you kind of have to do it now because I think she's going to be really busy over the next couple of years. You know, you, you let all those girls that I mentioned fight out, establish a contender, you know. Um, if Manon Fioro can beat Catelyn Shkagan, especially the form and the run that Catelyn Shkagan's been on, I think Manon Fioro has got a, lays a legitimate claim to a title shot. So, I mean, Valentina's going to be busy soon. If you're going to do that that double champ status fight, you do it now. Uh, and then for Tyler Santos, again, it wouldn't really wouldn't surprise me if they do the rematch. And I think they probably will. Um, but if that's not the case, then I think, you know, she's right in this mix. Maybe you give her Alexa Grasso, something like that. You know, I think that's a title eliminator type fight. Um, I can't actually remember if Alexa Grasso has got a fight booked or not. All right, yeah, I just checked there. Uh, she has got a fight against Vivian Araujo, but if she can emerge victorious from that, then maybe you do this. I imagine Tyler's probably going to take a bit of time off. Um, one other thing to note, actually, uh, Valentina Shevchenko apparently has a, had an, in an injury coming into this one. She had a sore foot. That's why we didn't see her trademark dance. Um, she also said that she was only 130 pounds when she came in into this one, which seems very light. I know Valentina Shevchenko probably isn't usually coming into fights at 130 pounds. So maybe there was something there. I don't know. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I thought that was just, you know, well worthy of pointing out. But yeah, in terms of, you know, whether we'll get a rematch, it depends. Dana wasn't there. He wasn't in Singapore. He was celebrating Dana Jr.'s birthday or something. Um, so we didn't get a post-fight press conference. I did look online quickly to see if I could find a reaction from him on his thoughts on this fight. But if he wants it enough and the matchmakers want it, then they'll probably make it happen. Uh you know, if Dana, you know, sometimes he comes at those press conferences and he's he's raging at decisions, I guess we'll wait and see what he thinks of it. And if he's hell-bent that Santos won that fight, then, you know, you bet that they'll do this again. Okay, uh, the feature bout now. And listen, we were never going to get a fight as good as the first one. I knew that. I think we all knew that. But, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad, was it? It wasn't bad. Another one like the main event where this is difficult for me to really kind of analyse because it was just so chaotic. You know, <laughs> just... What, what can you say? Um, from start to finish, these ladies came to bring it. 
again. They picked right up where they left off. You know, I think the first the first minute was a kind of feeling out process, and then it was just go uh, between these two. Sean Whaley, Ioana Yadrechik. Um, and again, as I said, there's not much for me to talk about here, really. Like, it was just mayhem, I think. It kind of went how I thought it was going to go. You know, Ioana comes out strong, but I think she kind of picks up as the fight goes on. Maybe her timing wasn't quite, uh, you know, quite there at times. Maybe her distance management wasn't... Not that it was bad, but maybe wasn't quite as sharp as it would have been. Um, you know, and I think for Jean Wei as I said, the power was a difference. You know, her... I think Ioana was looking a bit tired as well in that second round. So I think her, you know, maybe she wasn't like looking tired, tired, but just a, a little more jaded than Whaley. I think she was just slightly better conditioned. She was stronger, you know. She obviously in that first round, she done some really good work on the ground. She almost got it finished, to be honest. She was pretty close to to getting the finish in that one. Zhang Whaley done some fantastic work, um, but you know. The, <laughs> <laughs> in this and that second round, Yuana runs into a spinning back fist, and sometimes that's just going to happen. The tenth spinning back fist knockout in UFC history, clotheslined, and that's why I'm talking about maybe her distance management wasn't quite as good as it could have been, or as it had been in the past. Um, wow, but what a performance from Whaley! She does what she does. Yuana comes to bring it, and it's so difficult, I think, especially when Yuana, you know, she, we know what she's like. She's throwing everything. She's throwing loads of kicks. Her low kicks were, were great. The calf kicks were there throughout the whole night, across the whole card. The calf kick was present, and we've seen it uh, in full swing between, you know, Yuana Yadrichik and Weili Zhang. Um, but yeah, Weili lands that, lands that knockout, and sometimes you just got to, you just got to hold your hands up and go, it's nothing, you know, it's one of those shots and it's one of those knockouts. One of the knockouts of the year for sure. You know, Meatball Molly's is up there, but this is up there too. Um, yeah, there's not, there's not much to say about this one other than that. You know, it was just mayhem and, and Whaley looked good. Our grappling was good. I think, our, you know, our, as I said, she's done well. I think it keeping it in range. She almost got the finish on the ground. Um, done a good job of handling the, the menace and the chaos of Ioana. Uh, in terms of what's next... Looks like it's going to be the winner of... Uh, sorry, not the winner. It's going to be Carla Esparza for, uh, for for Wei Li. It looks like they're going to just do the title fight. And I get it. You know, I understand why, you know, Dana doesn't want to run back Esparza uh, and Nama Yunus, even though I cannot argue at this point. Listen, I, I thought that Wei Li Zhang actually should have been given the nod over Rose in their second fight. Um, although it was very close. But Rose is 2-0 up against Wei Li and she beat her twice last year. Like, it's not as if... Basically, Rose is still ahead of Whaley in the pecking order. So I think that would make more sense with Peter on the back, but they're not going to do that. So I guess, yeah, it's Carla Sparza next for, for Whaley. She's getting the title shot. For Ioana, as we all know, she put the gloves down in the middle of the cage after um, her interview last night. I don't want to see Ioana retire. I don't think any of us want to see Ioana retire. But, you know, if, at least for now, that's the case. So... No, no fight on the horizon for her at the moment. Um, you know, she's got other endeavours she wants to chase. She, she still wants to be involved in fighting, which is great, you know. Um, but if this is it for Ioana, then I just, you know, I feel like I've got to say what I, I just an absolute, you know, heroine of mine, Ioana Yadrichik. You know, I, I got into this sport kind of mid, early to mid-2014, uh, just kind of when that season of tough, I remember that season of tough, happening, the, the straw weights, and obviously Ioana wasn't on that, but that was the first one I think that I actually kind of watched as it happened 
Um, and of course, Juana fought Claudia Cadelia and she fought someone else. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Uh, to get that first title shot against Carlos Barza and kind of, you know, this was me just kind of getting into MMA. And I remember being really excited about watching, you know, Carlos Barza fight Juana just because of that season of tough and Juana brutalized her. And that performance against Jessica Pinay, the one in Berlin, I think I watched that on Channel 5 or something. You know, that's how long ago that was. But that to me was one of like, one of those performances that really heightened my enjoyment for this. It was some the most beautiful violence I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah, so thank you, Ioana, because not not that she's she's listening, but I think we all feel like that. You know, thank you, Ioana, for the entertainment over the years. One of my favorite fighters of all time, and it's just such a joy to watch and a privilege to watch. You know, throughout her entire title reign, I hope retirement treats her well because she deserves it. Um, but at the same time, listen, you know, these fighters, they struggle to stay retired. Although that I, there's something about me that kind of has me feeling this is it for Ioana. But what a career she's had. She said she was a push. She apologized in the cage after for letting everybody down. Ioana, he's not letting anyone down. You have made made plenty of nights for us uh, as fans, including last night, even though you came up short. Um, you know, without you, that doesn't happen. And we appreciate that. So thank you, Ioana. Okay, I'm going to just try and fire through some of the main cards here. Uh, let's start, though, with Jake Matthews. Wow! That may be the best Jake Matthews performance I've ever seen, at least one of the best in years. He fought some guy who, I'm, I'm going to apologize, and I can't remember his name when he, he tapped him out in the first round a few years ago, but that was the best Jake Matthews, at least, that I've seen since then. But in terms of just an overall game, especially his stand-up and his striking, he looked phenomenal in this one. His striking was so diverse and... Um, he was landing powerful shots. His grappling looked good. Andre Fialho looked a bit hesitant. You know, Matthews was quite happy to sit on the outside and kind of just chip away at him. But it's not like he was throwing pitter-patter strikes or anything. He was throwing big strikes. And he gets the finish in that second round. So well done to Jake Matthews. He looked phenomenal in this one. Um, yeah, well done, Jake Matthews. What a performance for the Celtic kids. Uh, in terms of who I want to see for him next, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to jump into a top 15 fight or anything, but, you know, give him like a Dwight Grant or something like that. You know, a very entertaining matchup, I think, at 170. Uh, for me, yeah, that's one we could do. Uh, sticking with the Welterweights then, the Aussie, Jack Della Manalina, someone I've watched for a long time in Eternal MMA, someone who I very was very excited about making his Contender Series debut, making his UFC debut. Beats Ramazan and Eve, and a very good fight for him, a very good win for him. Um, you know, I think Ramazan Amiv, we've seen in the past, you know, against Anthony Rocco Martin, against Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts, he struggles to kind of get the fight to the ground at times, even though obviously when he gets you there, he does really well. He got Jack on the mat and Jack popped up pretty quickly and done his thing on the feet and his boxing is so good. We know this anyway, you know, I, I love his, uh, his his left hand, his counter left is his best shot, his jab is excellent and he made pretty late work of Ramazan Amiv. You've got the finish in that first round. Very excited about Jack Della Maddalena. He's a problem. Fights I'd like to see, I'd love to see Ian Gary fight this guy. I don't think they're going to do that because Ian Gary, I think they're going to protect these two a little bit. However, if that's not what they want to do, I think Andre Fialho would actually be a really good fight. You obviously just get beat off Jake Matthews. We'll see how long he's out for. I imagine Jack's probably going to want to get round, or sorry, get back in there pretty quickly. Andre Fialho has you know, three tough weight cuts in a very short space of time. Just lost that one there, got finished in that one. He should probably take some time off and let his body properly heal based on, you know, not just the fight there, but obviously the weight cuts. However, we know what Andrew Fialho is like. He's a madman. He's probably going to want to fight next week if he can. So 
Uh, listen, if he's going to just do what he does and turns around really quickly, I think Jack Dela could also turn around really quickly and I think we could have ourselves a banger at 170. Make this thing happen, I'd love to see it. Right then, quickly just blitz through the prelims. We've got Sungwoo Choi beat off of uh, Joshua Kulibao. Kulibao looked very good in that fight, to be honest with you. Um, but I think Sungwoo Choi might have done enough to get there. I don't know. It was a close fight, split decision. Joshua Kulibao, you know, looked pretty decent in that one. Steve Garcia lost to Mahashate. Mahashate, I, I know he had potential. He was obviously young. But I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was not super impressed with his contingency's performance. I thought he looked a little bit sloppy at times, and I was like, okay, you know, it's fine. He's a little bit green. He's very young. You know, he's, naturally, that just might be an issue. And I actually thought Steve Garcia was going to come in here and win this fight. But, I mean, a, a gorgeous shot, cracked him right in the jaw. Perfect timing, gets the finish in that one from Ashati. So well done to him. Fantastic win. All, Brendan Allen, all in Allen defeated Jacob Malkoon. Malkin again, showing he's such a physical specimen. I know he's only 5'9", but he is a strong man at middleweight. Um, Chuck Brendan Allen the rounds. Very close decision again. However, one that I thought was scored very correctly and very consistently as well. I gave Brendan Allen two rounds in that one. I thought that, you know, he was the one that was doing more damage on the feet, obviously. Like, Jacob Malkin was content to just take him down and do nothing. That doesn't score. Very well scored fight for me, in my opinion, where Brendan Allen, Jacob Malkin... Uh, and then we had Kyung Ho Kan, who defeated Dana Bakunri. Um, another fight that maybe caused a little bit of controversy, but that Kyung Ho Kan deservedly won. I thought that Bakunri slowed down a little as the fight progressed, and Kyung Ho Kan picked it up and landed the better shots and done more. So deservedly got the win there. And just quickly, the last, uh, the first two early prelims we had, um, Silvana Gomez Juarez finishing Liang Na with a fantastic right hand, a great shot, fantastic boxing on display. Uh, what a knockout for uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez. Fantastic shot. Liang Na, we knew that our level of competition was a little sketchy, perhaps exposed there. And then Ramona Pascal um, got beat off of Jocelyn Edwards. Uh, I actually felt like Ramona Pascal maybe could have won that, but it was uh, a little, little happened in that fight. I think Pascal won the first, the first round and then uh, the last two. Not much happened at all. I, I guess you could give it Jocelyn Edwards' way, but... It, wasn't the most entertaining of fights. It was, uh, yeah, it wasn't the greatest. That is my UFC 275, The Hangover Show. Um, if you enjoyed this, then please do, you know, stick around. I'm going to be posting these, as I said, twice a week. We're going to have the, the preview show for UFC Fight Night Cater versus Emma. Uh, we're also going to do a reaction to that as well. I think PFL is next week. I'm going to be talking about PFL as well on here. I promise I'm going to make that happen too. So if you want to hear about PFL, you want to hear about the UFC the weekend, any other MMA, whatever's happening, you know, Invict, I'll talk about that when it happens. I know they announced a new one that's uh, coming in the future. Bellator, I'm going to talk about Bellator, Cage Warriors in particular, I'm going to talk about Cage Warriors, so stick around. Um, you know, if you want to, then follow us uh, on, you know, any podcasting service, Google, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, we're all in here, subscribe and, and stuff. Follow us uh, on social medias, at BrokenOrbital underscore on Twitter, at Broken Orbital MMA on TikTok and Instagram. I'm going to be using TikTok quite a bit, so get over there um, for some exclusive stuff uh, that you won't get, <laughs> you know, that you're not going to get here. Um, and yeah, follow us on Twitter as well. That would be a massive help. You can follow me personally on Twitter as well, at Jab Buchanan MMA. And yeah, that's all I've really got to say. Uh, just share it around if you enjoy it. Like, comment, subscribe, all that. Tweet me, comment on here, comment on TikTok. Give me your 
your thoughts. What did you think of Valentina Shevchenko and uh, Tyler Santos? Was that a robbery? Was it not? You know, let me know. Am I completely wrong? Do I not know how to score fights? Tell me. Please let me know. But thank you so much for tuning in and just listening. Um, and I hope to see you later on this week for a couple of uh, of good shows. Thank you.